0: What's going on, folks? And welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. Not to waste any time, we're going to get right into it here today on the show. We got an interview with the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch dropping last Friday on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant, new URL, check it out, and on Bleach Report in article form. So she talks all about Elimination Chamber, that's why... I mean, this was recorded on Valentine's Day. It only aired last Friday, before the pay-per-view. But we talk about a lot about the pay-per-view that already aired at this point. We do talk about Lita, Ronda Rousey, Ric Flair, and some other stuff. So, very fun interview, albeit brief, that will be airing momentarily. Followed by my conversation with Mr. Marceau, breaking down Raw for Monday, Elimination Chamber, said show, from last Saturday. And my on-site report from Wednesday's Dynamite in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So, without further ado, please welcome at this time the Raw Women's Champion, big-time Bex herself, Becky Lynch. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham, Jesus, and Matthews here with BleachReport.com. And ahead of Elimination Chamber this coming weekend on Peacock, we got the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch herself here on the line to talk all about her match with Lita coming up on Saturday. Becky, thanks for taking the time today. This is uh, I'm looking forward to this. Thank you. Absolutely. And like I said, you're facing Lita on Saturday. Huge matchup, a dream match a lot of people didn't think we'd be getting, but we're getting it on Saturday. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this match and how much it means to you.
1: Um. So... From what perspective do you want me to talk about about how much this means to me? Because um, because thirteen year old me would be losing their mind, and mm-hmm. um, even 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 thirty year old me would be losing their mind, um, and 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 the me who had leader first introduced the women's title at WrestleMania 32 would be losing their mind. But, but the me that I am today, the champion, having gone through all of these obstacles, come back better than ever to have my childhood hero, try to get a rub off that and try to challenge me at, at, at the most important time of the year. Well, that's, uh, that's very conflicting for me. Sure. The fans are excited and and this is happening um, in Saudi Arabia, and we're the first women uh, from WWE to be put on a billboard, and that's huge. And 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 the significance of that is huge. But I am so conflicted because now, now I'm forced to either, either, either destroy my childhood hero, or or let her, let her, let her think she has a chance against me. And so it's uh, I have to destroy my childhood hero. This is this is an awful predicament that she's put me in.
0: And the cool thing about it too is that we've we've seen you guys interact obviously behind the scenes a lot, but like on television in the ring, there was that very brief interaction you guys had, I think, in the 2018 Women's Rumble, the first Rumble four years ago. Beyond that, obviously, no one on one match until Elimination Chamber on Saturday. Uh, we got 2K22 coming up next month. This feels like a match you would see in a video game. Is Alita probably? I mean, I think people have kind of lost the definition of what dream match is, but this literally is a dream match, a match no one ever really thought would happen. Lita's first one-on-one match of any kind in almost 15 years. Is this probably the biggest dream match you thought you've probably always wanted but never thought would actually happen? Yeah, yes,
1: completely, completely up until this moment. And now I realize the gravity of it um, and, and, and the impact of of it and, and what it means for me and what it means for the future and what it means for Lita. And um, and, and, and it's huge. It's, it's huge. It's like I said, almost beyond my comprehension mm-hmm. um, that this is happening right now. Certainly, certainly the teenage me just. Wouldn't be able to, um, if you told me that in, you know, whatever, 20 years that one day you're going to be having a match um, for the Raw Women's Championship um, against Lita, I think I would, uh, I, I would literally lose my mind. <laughs> my head might explode. I might not make it to, to this match, you know, but now, now, of course, now it's a different story. Now yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in a very tricky position.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, too, how she's coming back to make a name off of you, someone who's been around and dominating the scene since you've been back at SummerSlam, and obviously well before that, Main Eventing Mania three years ago. We can go on and on with your accomplishments. Um, But she's not the only one. We saw Ronda Rousey come back at the Royal Rumble. She's trying to make a name off of yourself and Charlotte as well. She chose to face Charlotte at WrestleMania. But even before we get to that, your thoughts on people like Lita and Ronda Rousey coming back, and even more stars beyond them in the Rumble as well coming back to be able to, they want to work with you, they want to make a name for themselves again off of someone who's currently a huge star in WWE. Talk a little bit about being in that position now, um, of of being the person that you are the man, no pun intended, on Monday Night Raw, and all of your heroes and people you've worked with before are wanting to come back to the company to work with because they know you're the top draw right now.
1: I mean, can you blame them? I'm magic. I'm magic right now, (laughs) you know? I'm nothing but magic, everything, better than ever. Matches, better than ever. Every time I talk on the mic, better than ever. Um, stories, better than ever. Giving, bringing these people up, bringing up Liv Morgan and Dewdrop and, and making them all household names. I don't blame anybody for wanting to work with me, but I also I also don't blame Rhonda for not wanting to work with me because I'm better than ever. And I came back, and, and nobody, nobody understands how hard... Uh, what Rhonda's doing it better than 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 me you know mm-hmm. i know how hard it is to what what being a mom is hard traveling with uh, an infant very hard um wrestling very very hard and to combine all of those things is huge difficulty and 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 i make it look easy but it's not easy and so um if if i was Rhonda, i wouldn't want to face me you know we're, we're we're two women in the same position and obviously i'm just killing the game I, if i were her i would have done what she she did too you know i'd start with the the easy thing well look if i was her if I was her, I wouldn't have done what she did because, because I'm me. And so um, I came in and I beat the top champion, um, un- unbelievable, unbelievable athlete, Bianca Belair. And I beat her in 26 seconds. And then I continued to beat her. And then I've been beating everybody else since. So um, obviously, we, we're two different things. But if I were to give Rhonda advice, my advice would be, you know, go with the starter. Go with the appetizer. Go with the little shrimp cocktail. Go with the freaking gazpacho.
0: Well, we got WrestleMania next year. That's in Hollywood somewhere you're obviously familiar with. She is as well. So maybe we could save it for Mania next year. But not to look too ahead beyond Elimination Chamber. Also on that show, we're going to have a number one contenders match four-year championship winner facing you very likely at WrestleMania. Um, does anyone in that match stand out? I know you've already beaten more than half of the field before. You have great chemistry with everyone in the match. Rhea, you don't really have much history with much at all. Would you rather go with someone fresh like her or revisit a road like with Bianca Belair or Liv Morgan? Your thoughts on the competitors in that chamber match?
1: I mean, look, yeah, they're all they're all incredible women. And I think Rhea Ripley, God, we haven't even begun... Be- begun to scratch the surface with her that she's an incredible athlete incredible at what she does looks amazing and um, a superstar in the making but she ain't coming for my title so uh let's let's wash her aside and then we have the unknown we have the unknown factor could it be oscar i mean i've already beaten oscar but one of the one of the best women ever and um, could it be Wendy Q sleeping in the chamber, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. So there's always that unknown factor. Or maybe we'll finally get get Becky Lynch and Bailey in a in a substantial story. Or maybe not. And uh, and, and, and and maybe it'll be maybe Liv Morgan and I'll beat her again and send her back packet.
0: Yeah, there's uh, the possibilities are endless. Like you said, completely forgot about that sixth mystery person. So we'll find out on Saturday. That's going to be, obviously, after your match with the leader for the Raw Women's Championship. You mentioned how you're killing the game right now. We see every Monday night on Raw. You're killing it on Raw. You're killing it with the Twitter game as well. You always have. People love the puns. We haven't seen the pawns a lot lately, but your Twitter game is on fire nonetheless. Does it come to a point now where you've been on top for so long where... When you see I don't even want to say opinions, but like bad takes, and I don't have to name names. We all know who we're talking about here. Does it get to a point <laughs> where it doesn't even like you just kind of like laugh it off and move on? Because the tweet that you put up last week was great. Like, what is your mindset when you read stuff like that at this point in your career?
1: Uh sometimes sometimes you laugh it off. But you know what? Here's something. I was watching I was watching the Olympics last night mm-hmm. and uh, and I was watching I was watching these incredible um athletes do um, uh, ice skating, right? And, and they're, 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 it's, it's figure skating and they're doing these incredible 360s. And I mean, look, I can, I can, I can't, I'm not a good ice skater. I'm sure I can put one foot in front of the other, but you know, and keep my balance, but you know, I can't do pirouettes and flips and all of this mad stuff and synchronized dancing and dancing and twirls. And I was watching, And I said to um, I said to my husband, I was like, I don't like these people. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like oh, I I I hate I I hate I hate their facial expressions or whatever it was. Mm. And then I laughed at how ridiculous that is. And but imagine imagine if I had put that up on Twitter. Imagine if I had criticized these people who've been training their whole lives doing these impossible tasks that I have never done. Um, It's just it's silly, you know. Mm. And look we here, we're, we're the best, we're the best at our game, we're the best in the world, and anybody criticizing me, when I'm doing the, when I'm, when I'm arguably the best at what I do, it's just silly, just silly, like, just, mm-hmm. it's silly, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with uh, well, two last questions for you, Becky, as we wrap up here, I had thrown it out, questions for Becky, who wants, to, you know, what me to ask or whatever, and your fans, a lot of people are asking, a Becky Lynch documentary, is that coming at some point? There were some hints that you were filming something while you were out, as well as a book as well. So a- any thoughts on that stuff? And it could be coming in the future.
1: Well, I'm still... Look, time time is... Uh, time is not... Um... Plentiful for me at the moment, but <laughs> yeah. I am I am still I'm still working on that book, yeah. and um, it's slowly slowly but surely chipping away, and, and that will come out soon. And then the documentary, um, there is a lot of footage, and and it remains to be seen.
0: Very cool. We have that to look forward to. And as we wind down here, Becky, last question. It's Valentine's Day as we speak right now. Very exciting stuff. I know you got to go to work in a couple hours. Tonight, Raw, we're speaking on Monday. So you don't have a lot of time to, to for yourself, I would assume. But any Valentine's Day plans? And do you and Seth shop for your outfits together before you wear them out on Raw? Because a lot of them are very similar, and a lot of people enjoy that type of stuff.
1: Do you know what? It's Actually, we don't. And uh, <laughs> it always is just a kind of coincidence that we, uh, that, that we have similar... Um, nuances in our, in our character in our uh, in our dress yep. dress wear um, in our outfits um, that is certainly certainly not planned i guess we're just we're in sync like that, isn't that's so sweet. And, um, uh, yeah, any Valentine's Day plans? No, we watched the Super Bowl last night, Nate's some breakfast tacos, so that was romantic.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Can't go wrong with the breakfast tacos. Elimination Chamber coming up on Saturday, Becky. It's going to be you and Lita for the Raw Women's Championship at a WrestleMania in April. We all look forward to it. Uh, Becky, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Always great talking to you.
1: Thank you.
0: Good thanks, pleasure. Becky. Have a great Valentine's Day. You too. Big thanks to Big Time Bex for the time. Always a treat talking to her. Now, this time, let's throw it to my conversation with Mr. Marcel, breaking down all the latest in the world of wrestling. From Elimination Chamber, Raw, Dynamite on Wednesday, and Bridgeport, my on-site report from that show. Lot to get into, Mr. Marcel, brother. How you doing?
2: Doing well. How are you doing, GSM?
0: I am doing just fine coming out of Bridgeport last night. My only regret is that you weren't there to join in the Dynamite fun with me.
2: I just couldn't make it, unfortunately. I'm glad you made it out safe, though. I mean, that Bridgeport. Watch out, folks.
0: (laughs) It's not even just the town itself that I've only been to a limited amount of shows. Dude, the last time I was there was obviously TakeOver 25, um, three years ago with you and a couple of other people, Alexis as well, and we had a great time. The arena itself, I like it because... I think it's like the arena that we go to in Boston for a dynamite that we went to a couple of months ago and that it's smaller. So there's really not a bad seat in the house. There's like the floor seats, the 100 section and that's about it. It's like the parking for me because I've never actually driven there myself before. I think the last time we were there we parked on the road. I was there with a few other people so it was different. This, it was just an absolute mess. I mean, The parking garage was a nightmare. They had a line out the door. We were waiting in traffic for like 25 minutes, like non-moving traffic to the point where we just said, fuck it. We parked in a local parking lot for like one of those restaurants where they say, oh, you can only park here if you're eating at the restaurant. But there were so many other marks that were doing the exact same thing that I was, I was pretty optimistic. I was not going to get my car towed. I almost called you in the middle of the night to give me a ride home.
2: I would have been, I would have been right on 95 to come get you.
0: (laughs) You would have your phone on silent. You would have been sleeping away, counting uh, counting sheep in your sleep. I fell
2: asleep before the main event, so...
0: Did you really? I would have probably been no luck for you. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. My phone is usually on silent. Sorry, Alexis. Whenever someone calls me at night, which is almost never. I mean, listen, I don't have kids, so it's really not that important, but... Uh, my phone is usually uh, on silent at that point, but we're going to be talking about dynamite probably the end of this uh, show here today. We do got to get to Elimination Chamber first, as that was the the latest event at this point from last Saturday. Uh, new episodes of rant Radio every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora Music. We're on Amazon Music, all over the place. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. Um, I tacked on the Becky Lynch interview to this episode. Next week, I'll probably put the Matt Hardy one on that one. Uh, This week, obviously, we're breaking an Elimination Chamber, all that sort of stuff. Next week, we're doing Revolution Predictions. Uh, A lot of pay-per-views coming up. WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania is here. It's now we're in the thick of it. That's coming up in a little over a month, so... A lot to get into here, Mister Marceau, In the next couple of weeks here on the show, I'm very excited. But uh, we got to get we got to get to Elimination Chamber first, because as I said, the most you know the latest event of all the stuff that we got to get to here today feels like an eternity ago. That is the issue, not really the issue, but that's one of the drawbacks of it being a Saturday pay per view. In that it was at noon here on the East Coast, which was great for me. It was over by three p.m. You can enjoy the rest of your Saturday. You watched it live, right? And if so, I think we did because we were live texting through it. Um, before we even get to the show itself and your thoughts on it and the ramifications having to do with WrestleMania, your thoughts on it being a Saturday afternoon show and whether you were in favor of that or not so much.
2: Uh, I mean, I didn't mind it. I mean, I had nothing else going on. So, I mean, if I had other plans, obviously those would trump that show, but I had nothing else going on. So I, you know, just hung out at the, uh, at the castle and just watched the show.
0: <laughs> at the Marceau castle. I love it. Um, no, yeah, I like, listen, I like the Saturday shows, whether it be Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. Um, it does benefit whenever they do the Thursday shows. They didn't do that with this one. Crown Jewel was on a Thursday. And I say only benefit in the sense that when they did Crown Jewel a few months ago, We wrapped up, the show ended, and like about an hour or two later, you and I talked about it, and we did a review right then and there, so I like doing that to kind of get our immediate reactions to the show, especially if it's bad, and I probably would have a lot more to say about Elimination Chamber um, in the heat of the moment than I do now, because it's really settled in, I'm not overly angry or anything, which I wasn't really coming out of the show, but there is uh, quite a bit to get to here. I was going to say, were you
2: angry? Did you not like the show? No, no, no,
0: I like the show. I, I think... So, comparatively to the other Saudi shows, it was probably the second best. I still say say Crown Jewel was better. That didn't really leave me thinking, oh, this was stupid. The main event was what it was. We'll get into it. Um, You had other thoughts on it than I did. I didn't think it was a bad match. I just thought it was oddly executed. And we say every year, I mean, we've predicted, accurately predicted, a lot of what we have seen on these shows, not the Saudi shows, but just WWE programming in general, so like, when X and Y and Z happens, I'm not as angry, because we kind of know what's going to happen, they don't do the unexpected, and we got some expected stuff on the show, and predictability isn't always a bad thing, I didn't have an issue with that, it was more so, how they booked it, because I know we talked about this over text after Elimination Chamber, with the WWE Championship match specifically, uh, we have a new WWE Champion, we all expected that, that doesn't bother me, the way they did it though, is what I kind of took exception to, so, in going through the show here, I'll also kind of bridge our thoughts with Raw, because a lot of what happened on Raw had to do with the pay-per-view, has to do with WrestleMania. It all kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, so we'll kind of merge those two things together. Um, but one thing I did want to get to first, as it kind of kicked off the show, on the kickoff show, Rey Mysterio beating The Miz, and what I thought was a very good match. I thoroughly enjoyed this. These two have great chemistry. Uh, leading on over into Raw, where Miz revealed a mystery tag-team partner for WrestleMania, and this is where it helps that we talk about this stuff after the fact, because if we talked about this after Elimination Chamber there was still speculation that it could be Cody. I know Miz had mentioned in his promo on Raw, oh, it's someone dashing. I'm like, all right, obviously they're doing that on purpose, uh, which tells me he's likely coming in at some point. But it ended up being Logan Paul, who we actually saw at WrestleMania last year in the corner of Sami Zayn. I don't think he was at SummerSlam, but he was on TV around that point doing stuff with Kevin Owens or The Miz or some shit like that. But he will be at WrestleMania in action. Uh, The famed boxer, social media star, Logan Paul, that is. Um, so it, he makes sense as a partner for Miz. I mean, you, we kind of talked to this briefly before we went live here, but your thoughts on this? I mean, it, it gets eyes on the product, I guess. And if, if you have an issue with them using celebrities, which I do too, and I don't give a fuck about Logan Paul, but it goes back to the fact they have to fill out two nights. And there, there are pros to it being two nights, but the roster is just so thin at the moment and they really don't have a lot of stars, this is the shit that you're left with. I don't really know who else people wanted Miz to team with. Like, L.A. Knight, I feel like, is better than this shit, so I wouldn't call him up just to do that. Cody is just, I would not saddle him with the shit right away. So I don't really know what people expected, but I want to get your two cents in the development that it's going to be Logan Paul at WrestleMania with the Miz against the Mysterios.
2: So I'll start off with the pre-show. I mean, I usually don't watch the pre-show. I mean, I didn't even know it was on yet until you texted me. So <laughs> I
0: figured that, yeah. That's why I texted you. Um,
2: but uh, no, I thought this was probably one of the better pre-show matches I've seen in a while. I feel like usually it's just straight garbage on the pre-show. But uh, Miz and the Mysterios have had a decent storyline. Um, this was a good wrestle match. The right person went over. Like I said, Miz been teasing it. Um, you didn't see it because you get the, the the peacock ads, but yeah. I thought on on my end that they he kind of teased that it was going to be Cody. Thank God it's not because he shouldn't be with the Miz. And I mean, I think it's fine for what it was, but I mean, he should be coming in at a hotter thing than just this. But uh, no, I mean, if I don't know, like you said, what people really expected. I mean, I saw the rumor it was going to be uh, Logan Paul, and I, I think it makes sense. I mean, social media guy, he kind of fits in with the Miz kind of have the same cocky brainish attitude so I, i think it's good i mean he's not like he's like some little wimpy little bum i mean he's got good size to him he's got a decent following like you said the boxing stuff uh he has a podcast that's pretty successful as well so different eyes on the product never hurts and i mean i think him and miz literally go together like peanut butter and jelly so as a celebrity i don't think they could really pick anyone better than than him
0: I think one of the pros, too, and also another thing is the fact that it's just universally disliked. So, I mean, I mean, at WrestleMania, when I was there last year, the guy got booed, and, I mean, that's what they're expecting. Um, so, at least they're booking him as a heel and not as a face. I think there was one segment on TV where they tried to position him as a good guy for some reason, and I don't know why. I think it was against The Miz, maybe, um, ironically enough. But um, they're using him in the right role you know, listen, I, at this point, I really go into this stuff with no expectations, because like the Bad Bunny thing, when that was first rumored, they would be doing that tag team match at Mania last year, another celebrity mismatch at WrestleMania, um, I, I don't know how many of these he's had, actually, but, you know, I didn't give a shit, because Bad Bunny, I had no idea who he was, but then he went in there and really surprised me, I know more about Logan Paul than I do Bad Bunny, and he has more in-ring, quote-unquote, experience than Bad Bunny, I would assume, does, so... Hopefully he's taking it seriously, like I heard he had a good reputation backstage, he was respectful of the whole WWE thing, he's probably a fan I would imagine, and to me that's really all that matters, so if he goes in there and does well, takes a couple bumps, maybe the 619, people get what they pay for, then whatever, it's really not that big of a deal to me, it's not like he's in there competing for the Intercontinental title like Johnny Knoxville might, That's, that's a little bit different. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up too: Do you think another one of the pros of this match happening is that it doesn't get us the Ray and Dominic match at WrestleMania? Which, listen, I think would be a great idea. I do, I do want to see that match at some point. The issue is that they were teasing tension between those two for months didn't really go anywhere. They got back on the same page. The issue with doing the match in that respect is that if you do the match with what they were teasing before, then Dominic has to go heel, and I just don't think he's going to be a very good heel at all. I mean, he's still developing. He's still not great on the mic as it is. Turning him heel at this point, I think, would be disastrous. I, I wouldn't even do that, period. I think he's much better off either with Ray or on his own as a babyface. Um, I, I just didn't really like the idea of Dominic turning on Ray. so at least this keeps the mysterious for a little while longer, it seems.
2: Yeah, I think that's a positive as well. I mean, I think whenever they do, if they ever do split up, I mean, Dominic would have to be the heel. I just don't think people want to boo Rey Mysterio. I just just don't see it. I don't think he's ever really going to heel ever in WWE, so it just wouldn't make sense. So I I, I think realistically, i would just keep them together. I think him on his own, Dominic, guy's fucking doomed. I mean, I just feel like he needs more seasoning and, Putting him with his dad will only help him, I mean, at least get a reaction at least. So I would keep them together much, for much, much longer than, than they've been teasing. So that's a positive as well, like you said, to keep them together uh, a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, hopefully they, they stay together, period. I mean, I would definitely not turn Rey Mysterio heel. If anything, it would be Dominic, and even then I just don't see it really working. I mean, I feel like it would be one of those things where they turn him heel on Rey. He gets some heat for a couple of weeks. And then he's back on main event before. I, I don't think they would ever let him go, just because I think the biggest reason why Ray re signed, in my opinion, from what I understand, is to team with his son and work with his son. So, I mean, they could always do what they did with Eddie and Ray at WrestleMania 21 and have them have just a random match, you know, without anyone turning heel immediately. You could always do that, but they're going the tag team route instead, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, we also got an elimination team of Roman Reigns and Goldberg for the Universal Championship, a match that was exactly what it needed to be. It wasn't that short and it wasn't that long. It was like five or six minutes, which sounds ridiculous. Like, why would a Universal Championship match go that short? But with Goldberg, I think it was the right amount of time. Um, I think there's certain people that he's in there with where it should be two minutes and other people that he's in there with where it should be a little bit longer. And I think this was one of those matches. It was the latter in the sense that I, I like that they kind of drew it out a little bit, they played off the suspense. I've said it before, the only optimistic way of looking at this is that WWE's booking sometimes is just so bad, like it's so incompetent that it honestly adds excitement to some of the matches because you don't honestly know if they're going to do the wrong thing or not. Like, there was a realistic chance Goldberg could win. Largely, Roman was going to win. We picked Roman to win. But there is always that shred of doubt, like, will they do the stupid thing by having Goldberg win? Thankfully, they did not. And not only did they have Goldberg lose, he passed out to Roman Reigns' guillotine choke, which was awesome. He has never, I don't think, ever passed out in his entire career. So I thought that was really cool. Big win for Roman. Going into WrestleMania for the match with Brock. I really like this, and I thought it worked for what it was in the opening slot of the show. Hopefully that's it for Goldberg. I really can't ask for much more from this match.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like you said, I think their bad booking in the past it literally made this match more intriguing than it needed to be. Like, when he hit the spear a couple of times, I'm like, dude, are they going to have him fucking lose?
0: <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. Like,
2: that bad booking, literally, I'm like, oh my God, is he going to lose? Like, that's something they could, like, it to their to their benefit, I guess, that peril booking like made us, like, <laughs> sitting on the edge of our seats more than we really should have. So that, that was pretty cool. But like I said, the match was what it needed to be. I mean, Goldberg losing. Like you said, choking up, uh, passing out the Roman, puts Roman over again. Seemingly, hopefully, Goldberg's last match. I mean, I like Goldberg, but at this point it's like, I, there's nothing left at this point. It just should be over with. So it was good for what it was, and, and it gets Roman over a little bit more, puts another uh, notch on that, uh, that win streak. So that's all that really matters at the end of the day.
0: So if Goldberg's done with uh, WWE, seemingly, that was the last match on his contract, according to what he said previously, and reportedly that's the case as well, does that mean he's free and clear to go to AEW and work with Jade Cargill, who was saying who's next on Dynamite this week?
2: I mean, honestly, Tony Khan's a big WCW mark. Don't ever say never.
0: (laughs) I think he's actually friends with Tony Khan, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that, but I think they might actually be friends. Mm
2: -hmm. Hey, get ready for Goldberg to come out on AEW.
0: What if he manages Jade Cargill? Could you imagine Bill Goldberg as a fucking manager? That just seems ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's not the greatest on the mic, so. I mean, he's better than uh, smart Mark Sterling, so.
0: Come on, like if, smart Mark. He's her uh, manager.
2: So dumb. Yeah, That's, like, literally it. the one thing about her I can't stand. He's just a fucking goon. He's Dude, outgrown this,
0: her. Or she's outgrown going him, him, I'm sorry. A yeah.
2: random Jay, Jane Cargill tramp, but, like, her goofy Like, she's like the strong, like, fucking beast of a woman. And she's got this little pussy accounting looking guy as her manager. Like, it doesn't really go hand in hand, but yeah. I yeah, mean, Goldberg.
0: I mean, it, I don't, go ahead. Huh?
2: I said, I, I, I just don't, obviously, I don't think Goldberg should be a manager. I mean, the guy can barely speak on his own. Level. No, just, no.
0: No, not at all. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you could say the same thing about Paul Heyman and Brock, though. I, I know what you're yeah, saying. But, but.
2: but Paul can talk, though. And he has credibility. I mean, people know Brock. Like, he has, like, he's been a manager. Like, this guy's just some random fucking
0: bum. Yeah, it's he's like, a goof. Man. He's a goof, yeah. Yeah. I think I saw him playing action figures with uh, Matt Cardone and Brian Myers on their YouTube channel or something.
2: Jesus Christ.
0: Boys. Yeah, I don't I give a shit about him. I don't really think... I mean, I think I said from the get- This is completely random and not, not relevant to Elimination Chamber at all, but I think we said when she first came in, or at least I was thinking, I don't know if I outright said this, but... She doesn't... I didn't think she ever really needed a manager. I think they have enough managers as it is they're not even doing enough with. They hired Vicky Guerrero for literally no reason. I don't think she should be on the show anyway. She's awful. Um, She's one of those people that doesn't need a manager. And I just... At this point, her mic skills, to me, are improving at a point where she doesn't need him. So hopefully she ditches him and maybe that's what turns her face. I don't know. But he is completely pointless. At this point, it's just an excuse to keep the guy around. And more power to him for landing a job with the company. But I just think he's pretty... uh, pretty pointless in that role but anyway back to Elimination Chamber um, Elimination Chamber match they determine the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship of WrestleMania I think I like this a lot more than most I saw a lot of reactions online that weren't as positive I think I tweeted this but I'm not gonna lie and this isn't saying a lot I thought this was the best women's Elimination Chamber match I have seen there's not a lot to go from they I think they've had three or four others they did one in 2019 2020 um i think that might are 2018 2019 2020 and that was it they didn't do one last year i don't think for the women so this was only the fourth one it was quick it was around 15 minutes which i didn't know that until i heard someone say that or someone brought it up to me after the fact it was a little rushed i don't know why that is um i thought there were a lot of cool moments i thought there were a lot of great reversals and great chemistry shown within the women I thought the order of eliminations was perfect. Nikki Ash getting out of there within minutes was perfect. Liv got some time to shine. She actually took out Drop. Um Liv gets taken out. The final three being Alexa, Rhea, and Bianca. Perfect. Same thing, like you said, with the Goldberg thing. The booking is so bad sometimes. Listen, I like Alexa Bliss. I do not at all think she should have won this match. Um, not that she and Becky's been done before I mean Bianca and Becky's been done before but this current Alexa Bliss coming out with still the same stupid fucking music and I fucking hate it I know you like it I hate it the character I think is shit Um, they gotta move on from it the therapy thing seemingly was completely pointless but again I thought there was a chance she could win and she came close at a few different points when she hit the DDT or was going for the DDT on Bianca and Bianca got out of it by doing like a handstand or something I don't know what the hell she did that was awesome. I did not see enough people talking about that online. Rhea did some cool stuff. She was in there for a while. She looked dominant. I really, really liked this match. Bianca wins as she should have. The crowd was super into Alexa Bliss. They kind of booed Bianca when she won, which was a little weird. Um, I guess they're just big Alexa Bliss fans over there, or just fans of bad gimmicks. Um, but I thought the match was really, really good, and I thought the right person won. So curious what your thoughts are.
2: No. <laughs> He just throws in the last second. Real, they must really like Alexa or bad yeah,
0: gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would kill you.
2: <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I thought this was a great match. Like I said, I think going into this, I was pretty excited. It's probably the most excitement I've had going into one of the women's ones. I think they booked a lot of people well. Besides Nikki Ash, I mean, I think everyone else had like has been booked at a better rate, or at least is over. Like even Dewdrop, I think she's come a long way. I mean, the, the gimmick's fucking stupid, but I think she's great in the ring. I think she showed her her power here and. I think everyone had the right spots, like you said. I thought at the end, I I was like, oh my god, is Alexa Bliss going to win? I love Alexa Bliss. I don't hate the gimmick as much as you do. I kind of like the theme. It's
0: kind of dumb, but I kind of like it. So. <laughs> it's kind of dumb, but I kind of like it. That's so funny. <laughs>
2: yep, and, uh, but no, I mean, I, th- I think at the end of the day, Bianca winning was the right choice. I mean, if you go on in the internet, people are crying about it. They say she's being pushed on her throats. I think I'm... But she's over, though. Her and Becky... Her and Becky at Wrestlemania is up there with Drew, with, uh... Roman and Brock for me. I, I mean, I'm I can't wait for that match. I, I mean, yes, it's been done a few times, but I mean, I think Bianca's so over that she's just had a different. It's like there's different even down her throat. I think she's she's great and she's come a long way. So I'm I'm, I'm happy for her. But I think, like you said, Rhea looked good in this. Uh, Alexa definitely looked good in this. Um, Liv had her spots. Dewdrop looked great. Nikki Ash. I mean, sorry, someone had to look like shit and someone had to not get over. It. <laughs> Unfortunately, her, but. Uh, I thought it was a great match and definitely the best one they've ever done
0: yeah no I would say so too I mean listen the Bianca thing I don't think that's the majority by any means there definitely are people that are upset oh they're doing this again they're shoving Bianca down our throat it is the Roman Reigns treatment to a degree but if you really break it down to me one the match makes sense but then again Roman and Brock at Wrestlemania 34 made sense and Roman just no one gave a fuck about him like as far as like it, he was still getting booed at that point The biggest difference to me, though, is that at least Bianca, first of all, I don't know if it was the promos they were writing for Roman. I really can't tell you one reason as to why people were booing him. There was a variety of factors back in 2015, 2016. But then the biggest difference is that she's just likable. She comes across as likable. Roman Reigns, with what they were giving him to do as a character, did not come across as likable at all um Bianca does she's still over she's I mean she got slightly booed here but that's because again they're a fan of bad gimmicks over in Saudi Arabia but it just makes sense to do the match I think um you know it, it's a match they should go back to they have great in-ring chemistry it's not like the match is going to be bad I mean dude you were there for the last match I think they had right on Raw that Raw Women's Championship match and I thought that was a really really good match I'm looking forward to seeing them do it again at Wrestlemania
2: great match great yeah. match and like I said she's over a shit everybody and like she, I think she still gets cheered more than Becky. I don't know. I, I understand, like you said, she's kind of been like pushed a little bit more lately, and she was champion last year. She went to WrestleMania, won, like won the rumble, yada yada yada. But I don't know. I feel like she's one of those people that like she's so over that there are going to be obviously naysayers. I mean, people are saying Roman's stale, or when Drew had the belt that they're over. It. Like there's going to be those those people that are going to complain about it. But like she's one of those people who should keep the foot on the foot on the pedal and just keep pushing her because. From where she was in NXT, like when we saw her in NXT, I think she's come so far, and I mean she's definitely one of their top, their top, top women right now. And I, I would keep the, I'd keep the accelerator on that my foot on the accelerator because she's. Uh, She's a special talent.
0: Yeah, she's a star. I mean, you talk about Bridgeport. When we were there for TakeOver 25 three years ago, I think she was on the NXT TV tapings right before the show started. I think it was her and like Mia Yim or something, and they were having a couple of, you know, a series of matches at that point. I think she actually lost to Mia Yim, and obviously Mia's not here anymore, unfortunately, but she's gone on to uh, main event WrestleMania, win the Roman's Rumble, win Elimination Chamber, and you know what? We give this company a lot of shit, but you also got to praise them and d- not defend them, but give them credit where credit is due. I mean... I still stand by because people are like, "Oh, everyone was saying that Bianca was buried." Yeah, wrestling fans do exaggerate. I never—I don't think I ever said the word "buried." I think even Alexis may have said she was buried. I never said that she was buried. I just hated the fact hey, that check
2: the tapes. Check the tapes.
1: You can
0: go ahead and check. Well, well, I'll go back and check out that post-SummerSlam show that we did. I don't. I listen. I never said she was buried, but I will stand by what I said. I still think that what they did at SummerSlam was dumb in the sense that how they executed it was fucking dumb because it's not like people were booing Becky for what she did. They were booing the company because it's like the match was 20 seconds and it's not even like she actually cheated, like she hit her with a forearm or something. It was just... I don't know. I still say the way they did it was stupid. You did
2: cheat. You went to shake her hand and she fucking hit her with her forearm.
0: That's not that? cheating. That's just what you would do in a normal mask, though. Yeah, Bianco- Honestly, Bianca was made to look like an idiot for falling for that shit, if anything. Honestly, Bianca was made to look worse than Becky was made to look like a heel. And my- I still stand by that. Okay. My uh, point my point being is that she wasn't ruined and that she could obviously be bounced. I mean, she was so over even at that point where she could bounce back, and she did. And again, to give the company credit where it's due, she was the sole survivor when we went to Survivor Series. She's won almost every match that she's had since then. She won that gauntlet match last week. She won Elimination Chamber. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people where they do this and where they lose for months and they get back in the title picture. It's like, why the hell should I give a shit? But honestly, like, I don't know what it is with Bianca and... Maybe it is because she's so good, I don't know, but they've struck gold with her, dude, and not only is she a special talent, but the company's held up their end of the bargain and pushing her the way that she should be pushed. I think that is worth bringing up as well.
2: Yeah, they, I mean, like I said, I think I think they've done great with her. I think, like you said, even with their little hiccups there and there, she's been definitely one of the top, With without having a championship, she's definitely been the top booked female uh, in the company. That's yeah. not a champion, and it's not even close.
0: And they needed that, too, because, I mean, I've been complaining and a lot of other people have been for years. It's always about the four horsewomen, and to a degree it still is. I don't know what happened to Sasha. She came back. She was in the Rumble for a cup of coffee, got chucked. We haven't seen her since. (laughs) I don't know what the hell was going on with Sasha Banks. But beyond her, you know, Charlotte's a champion. Becky's a champion. Bailey's out, but she'll be back in in the focal point, I'm sure, when she comes back. We need more top-tier women. Like, honestly, dude, it really is amazing to think. I, I can't think... I'm gonna throw it to you. I can't think of another woman beyond the four horsewomen in probably the last five, six set, maybe even the last decade. Um, Maybe AJ Lee, AJ Lee, probably, but I can't think of another woman that broke through that ceiling and not to their own fault or whatever. But there's a lot of women that could have and could have been on the same level as a Charlotte Bailey, Becky, whatever, and then they just did WWE didn't push them that way. Like, to me, I think of Asuka, and I think, obviously, she's over. When she comes back, she'll be popular. She's had all these accolades. How can you say they ruined her? They didn't. But the character stuff is just awful. And I don't think it's even a case of, like, oh, you know, her promo skills aren't there because her English isn't great. It's not even that. How they booked her, for the better part of the last couple of years, she's not at the level she should be. I mean, it's not even the fact that Bianca headlined a mania before Asuka ever did. I think that they have nailed Bianca more than any other. And get your mind out of the gutter. That sounds weird. But they've, like, they've nailed the booking with Bianca better than any other woman aside from the four-horse woman, I would say, in the last eight to ten years. Is that a true statement or not?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I have to check my notes. Um, but I mean,
0: Ronda, I guess, but she was already a star coming into the company.
2: Based off what I'm thinking, I mean, I, I would say she's – deaf. I would say she – I would. I mean, I would have to agree with that. I'm trying to think of other people. I mean, like I said, Oscar's definitely been good. Alexa Bliss would definitely be in yep, the category. Yep. I still think she was never like – she was popular, but I feel like Bianca's like at a different point. Like, I feel like she's got the cra- – like, I even would say – like, I think you could even put Rhea on – like, I think Rhea would probably be
0: – She's B, getting close B. to there. I, I look at them as she, like, you know, bulletproof type. I think you know? them
2: two specifically – Like, I like Alexa Bliss. I think she has her fans, but I feel like there's other points that people kind of just didn't give a shit about her. And I think Rhea and Bianca, for both of them, I mean, Bianca's always been pushed at a higher level. I mean, Rhea's still on the show and winning and stuff, but I think they've got to the point that they they could still lose a lot and people would still care about them. Yeah, Yeah. A lot.
0: I just think, like, if Bianca were to get hurt tomorrow, and thankfully that hasn't happened at all in the years that she's been with WWE, she hasn't, I don't think, taken any time off at all. I just feel like she's one of those people where, you know, if she were to go down tomorrow, for example, with an injury, or had, she quit or whatever, I feel like there would be a major gap in the division. I mean, I love Alexa Bliss. I think her leaving or, you know, her getting hurt or whatever, which she did, is a major loss. But the thing is, is that Alexa Bliss was gone for a good five to six months. I don't think the Raw Women's Division suffered significantly with her gone, because I don't, I don't know. I mean, her character shit was just... I mean, she she did well with it, but what WWE had her doing was bad. Does that make sense? Like, when she was gone, it was like, oh, man, we need Alexa Bliss back. I was not thinking that at all. I like having her back, but she's not as imperative and as crucial to that division and its success as Bianca and the four horsewomen are, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I think if Becky, like, if right now Becky wasn't around, and they just had, like, if Becky wasn't around, and they just had who they had besides her, and Bianca was out, they'd be in big trouble. I think if we obviously got Becky, like, they'll still be able to figure it out, but I feel like Bianca and Rhea are starting to get like that one B, one A tier, like right behind the four horsewomen. That if they were gone, they would need those two to kind of fill in the gaps.
0: Yeah, and I mean,
2: because I think they booked them good enough that if they did, if Becky left or. Whatever. If those women went around, I think they—you could easily slide them in, and they're popular enough that they could keep the ball rolling.
0: Yeah, and I think WWE is scared to create stars like that because if Bianca or Rhea were to leave, then they're kind of fucked. But I mean, that's kind of what you need to create a business. Sometimes not everyone can be expendable. I mean, the world goes on regardless, but you do need stars to attract product to attract people to your product right now. And I think they have that in Bianca and Rhea. I just went on for 15 minutes about a a, praise for Bianca (laughs) Belair. We both did, but it's just worth mentioning. I don't know. It just really stood out to me on the show and on Raw how much of a star she is. So hopefully she wins at WrestleMania. I think it'd be stupid to have her lose at this point. I love Becky, but the the time has come to have Bianca win. Um, Other matches on the show, Ronda and Naomi talking about the women on the show uh, beating Charlotte and Sonya. Match was what it was. Um, is still looking a little rusty out there. I like Ronda. You know, her facing Charlotte isn't my ideal match. But I don't know. I st- I'm still excited for it. So, your thoughts on this match and your expectation level, excitement level for Becky, for Charlotte and Ronda and Mania? Have, have they reached that point to you yet, where it's like you give a shit, or is there more to do? What are your thoughts on this whole build?
2: No, I thought the match itself was good. The, ma- uh, I mean, this this match was fine. I mean, it had a story, so it was decent. I mean, the whole Sonya and Naomi stuff's been decent. Charlotte, and, Charlotte and and, uh, and Ronda has been a little rocky. I mean. It is what it is. But I, I think it's going to be a good match. I'm not, like, overly, like, going crazy with the match. I really, at this point, don't think there's really anything they could do to make me like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see it. I just feel like I don't care enough about either of them, enough to, like, lose my mind over. Um, but I think for what they've done, it's been fine. I mean, the whole contract thing was whatever. I mean, I think people made a bigger deal than it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's a marquee match. It gets rounded on the card. To me, that's what it is. I mean, it's not like... I just don't really care about them both enough to like be like, oh my God, I can't wait, like, dream match, yada, yada, yada. But I think it would be fine. Like I said, to me, nothing will change what I thought, think about it. I think it's a good marquee match you can put on a card and people will watch.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, they can hopefully continue to endear Rhonda to the audience by having her. Like, I think they had a talk with her reportedly after that first promo back on Raw a few weeks ago because it was awful. And I think she genuinely feels like betrayed by the fans and they would boo her. Um, and I, I can get that, but she lets it get to her a little bit too much. But it's like listen, if they need you to be a babyface, you need to be there. Act- you need to be out there acting like a babyface. I think she's a genuinely likable person from what I have seen anyway. So just have her be that on TV and that's what she was when she first came to WWE a couple of years ago. I think she's a better heel, but this is the role that they have her slaughter- slotted in right now, so you just gotta go with it. So um, Saudi Arabia certainly loved her. So I mean she was she was over like Rover over there and I mean I would have had Charlotte and Sonya win. I think Rhonda having an arm tied behind her back and still winning was a little goofy, but you know, I guess, uh whatever, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, Drew and Madcap was what it was. I know you're a big Madcap Moss fan. Um, that Alabama slam bump was pretty scary, but at least he's okay. Um, you know, match was what it was. Drew wins. Uh, any, any other thoughts on this? Because uh, I don't know what else to say.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a fine match. I thought, I thought it, like you said, it was what it was. I like Madcap. I thought it was a decent match. I'm not really looking forward to Drew and Happy at... <laughs> uh Mania, but that's where we're going here, folks.
0: You have Madcap's uh, new theme downloaded on your phone yet?
2: <laughs> that no, song I, is
0: fucking stupid.
2: <laughs> oh, I I popped. That what what, like
0: what, what does he say? Oh, it's a joke. What does he say? I
2: don't know. I, have a, I haven't listened to it again, but I popped <laughs> huge. I love Madcap. Love the jokes.
0: Didn't he lose the Mojo Raleigh in a bingo hall about six years ago when we went and lol?
2: He did. Yeah. He. I think he lost clean. Let me check my notes. Clean <laughs> as a. Sh-
0: <laughs> Who was in the front row but uh, Rob Gronkowski? God,
2: I miss Mad... I love Mad Cap. I miss Tino. Tino. Tino! funny.
0: Hey, you know what? He's dating Mandy, so that's all that matters, right? Jesus. Guys winning a life, so really not much more needs to be said about uh, Tino Sabatelli. Uh, really like Becky Lynch and Lita for the Raw Women's Championship. Thought it started out slow, but... Listen, Lita has not had a real singles match in about 15 years, dude. She's wrestled here and there a few times, but not a standard singles match on her own on a big stage like this. I thought she did very well. Some of the near falls were great. Her hitting the twist of fate followed by the patented moonsault. Great near fall there. The crowd was into her. She had a hell of a performance here. I honestly hope she doesn't come back for more matches because I really think this was a great way for her to end her run on. I don't want her to come back and... Listen, I think she's over enough and I think they could use her here and there, like a men's part timer, like a, the women's version of a part timer, I think that'd be cool. But part of me is like, listen, this was actually such a good story and such a good match. I enjoyed this that much that I honestly don't really want to see her go, go, you know, come back from this and, and attempt the to topic because I don't know if she can. Um, I thought Becky looked good. the The finish was a little you know, awkward It wasn't a little abrupt or whatever anticlimactic is the right word. But beyond that, I thought the match was good. Lita looked great. Another win, big win for Becky. So uh, thoroughly enjoyed this match.
2: Dude, this match had me on the edge of my bed by the end of wow, it. I was okay. freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. When she hit the twist of fate into the fucking moonsault, I thought it was over. Yeah. I, are you fucking kidding me? And I, I, I was like, I thought she was going to lose. I was like, Jesus Christ. And then she kicked out. Like you said, very anticlimactic, because right after that, when Becky got up and hit her with the, with, the, with the pump handle or manhandle slam, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Rock bottom, basically. <laughs> Rock but bottom. I got up, hit her, and then all of a sudden won. So it was very anticlimactic, but, I mean, there were some couple near falls at the end that I was like, holy shit, Lita's going to win. And like you said, I think she looks so good here. Like, yeah, it's great. Like, she she had a great match, but like you said, I, I, I don't think she'll have a better match than this one. So, I mean... I wouldn't be totally against her hanging them up because this was a great match.
0: Yeah, this was good. I mean, I think, uh, you know, listen, I've really enjoyed Becky's run uh, since coming back at SummerSlam. You will always have detractors, especially with the women's wrestlers. It's very decisive or divisive or whatever the word is. Like, you either love these women or you hate them. Like, you see a lot of these fans and... It's like, oh, I love Charlotte. Like, their Charlotte is their avatar, or Bailey is their avatar, Sasha is their avatar. And then there's other people, like, if you're an Alexa Bliss fan, you fucking hate Sasha Banks. So I, I just feel like it's very divisive out there with wrestling fandoms, with the women, for whatever reason. Um, but anyway, I don't know what I was going there with. But with, with Becky, I, I've enjoyed her run. People, Some people might call it boring or whatever, but I don't know. I thought this was the perfect match that she needed going into WrestleMania. Bianca's on fire. She's on fire. Um, hopefully they can continue to build off of the SummerSlam stuff from last year. And like we said earlier, I'm sold. Um, Usos and Viking Raiders didn't happen. I don't think anyone shed a tear over that. We get to the main event. Brock, Austin Theory, AJ Styles, Riddle, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Elimination Chamber Match for the WWE Championship. A lot to say here. Listen, I was looking forward to this one just because of the talent involved. I figured Brock would come out later. Um, I I thought he honestly might come out earlier and just destroy everyone one by one, but what they did instead wasn't exactly that that much better, in my opinion. Brock Lesnar is the new WWE champion. I am not upset about that, because I knew it going into this match. It it does kind of render Bobby's reign irrelevant, like, why did they even bother taking the belt off of Bobby? But you know what? They wanted to further the Roman feud by having Roman cost him the championship, so that's what they did. Um, they wanted to give Bobby a big win over Brock. And listen, I'm happy they did. It's better than Brock going in there and beating Bobby. I think that would probably would have pissed me off more. They're doing the winner take all match. It doesn't sound like it's going to be unification. So, how they handle that, I don't know. That's another discussion for another day. My issue with the match was not the outcome. I just don't like the fact that they fed everyone to Brock like they were losers. Listen, fucking Rill, I, I get. Listen, I think he's very popular. I like Riddle a lot. He's a goof currently. I kind of understand that people like Rollins, who's actually beaten Brock multiple times before, including one on one. Brock escaping the pod in a literally within seconds, hitting an F five on Rollins and beating him. I thought was really dumb. Same thing with AJ Styles. I not that they're buried; they're big stars. They'll be fine. They'll still be over. No one will remember a week from now. I just thought that was really dumb. And also, for just for me as a fan, like I go into this stuff looking forward to the match itself. This was not a match. This was more of an angle, if anything. The Austin Theory thing was fucking entertaining as shit. I thought that was hilarious. Didn't think they would actually do anything like that, but they did. The F5 off the top was awesome. That was like the best part of the match because the rest of this was just, just, to me, a massive disappointment. Again, the outcome is what it is. And Bobby getting hurt kind of fucked things up. Maybe it was a blessing because now he doesn't have to go in there and get beat by Brock in two seconds. So I guess there's that. Maybe they would have had Bobby and Brock in there for a while as opposed to Austin Theory. That's my guess. Um... But, yeah, what were your thoughts on this and how it kind of played out?
2: It, like you said, it was a match all up until Brock got in. And I like Brock, but, I mean, he, like you said, he, he's lost to South Rollins one on one before. I mean, AJ, it is what it is, but, like, him just coming in and just destroying everyone just does, like, it's not killer. Like, people just, like, it is what it is. I just think, like, it makes everyone else in the match look like shit. And,. I mean, I understand why they do it, because they want Brock to look dominant, but, I mean, going in there and just throwing everyone around, beating him one, two, three, just basically means, like, he's on another level. So then, it is what it, I don't know. I can't describe it, because like you said, like, it's not like he's, like, he lost the Rollins in, a, like, one-on-one matches before. So, it's not like he's, like, on another level, like, we've never seen him lose. Like, he's lost plenty of times, but it is what it is, I guess. I don't know, I didn't love it, but here we are.
0: Here we are. Uh, Thoughts on Brock and Roman officially being a winner-take-all match? I didn't think they would do it, but here we are.
2: I'm pumped. Can't wait.
0: Can't wait. So, listen, I think the match... I'm fine with them doing the match. They've done the story since SummerSlam. You talk about a lot of complaints about, like, oh, there's no long-term storytelling. There really isn't in WWE, but at least when it comes to, like, the top people. I mean, for what it's worth, they do it at least with them. So, that's something. Um, before we quickly move on here, how do you think they move on from that? How do you, how do you handle Brock being a dual or Roman being a dual champion in WWE coming out of mania? Like, do you have him defend both belts? Do they immediately vacate it? Do you get him, have him get pinned? What do you think happens?
2: Um, it's interesting. I think if they do something they do with Becky, uh, they'll hold both belts and they'll defend them, them like singly and then eventually he'll lose one of them off.
0: I, I guess. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know. Just, I, I just don't think it really does the Raw roster any favor either. I The Raw roster any favors whatsoever as far as like, now they don't really have anything to fight for. So they're just made to look like losers while Brock goes back to SmackDown. You know, I yeah, guess. but
2: it did the same way when Becky won both balls.
0: Yeah, but the, with, the, with the men, though, they have a much deeper roster with the men than they do with the women. At least Becky can get away with having her defend both belts. And at that point, too, they didn't even have a brand split. They did that dumb wild card bullshit for a little while. And it also didn't last long. Maybe with Rowan it won't last long either, but I don't know. We'll see. It, it, it does create for a very compelling main event. And the best thing about it, I mean, you got to agree, at least it's unpredictable, right? Because either guy could conceivably win.
2: Yeah, it's true. I mean, either guy can win, so I'm, I'm excited for
0: it. Random Raw note, Two evening edge phase is at WrestleMania. AJ. It's got to be AJ, right? No one else really comes to mind. Everyone else is busy. I agree. Yeah, I think that's got to happen. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa popping up was cool. We got a new 24-7 champion, Dana Brookman, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Who cares? The,
2: whole, the fact the whole 24-7 stuff's still on TV is just
0: crazy, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I've seen relationships last with, with two people I thought were in love last shorter than this fucking 24-7 bullshit. It's just amazing at this point um how long this shit has been going on for it's just wild uh Damien Priest and Finn Balor next week United States Championship interesting turn of events and that takeover match with them a couple of years ago at In Your House I thought was great I think that was the turning point from what I've noticed anyway with you where you started to like Damien Priest more was after that match and I think a lot of people can say the same thing um your thoughts on them kind of revisiting that next week and does someone go heel does Balor win the bell what do you think happens
2: yeah, I don't know. I think it should be a good match. The whole Priest, like, the once they change it from the Archer and for me thing, I think people just want to stay on this guy. Yep, just, yep, yep, The whole, like, he's good and he's not, and, like...
0: People don't know what to do.
2: It's stupid. It's just that uh, it's one of those things I just... I feel like I've lost more interest in him than, than I have, and just it is what it is, but I just don't care about him at all. The whole fucking split personality, whatever. Is Damien going to come out? I really don't care.
0: How much of a moron do, do I look like for suggesting that he'd be the one to beat Roman at WrestleMania for the title?
2: <laughs> Kid's got a big egg on his face. Yeah, I
0: know. I was gonna say I'll be making scrambled eggs in a couple minutes with this fucking egg in my face right now. What an idiot I look like! Uh, they completely <laughs> killed that guy's momentum. <laughs> Um, let's get a Dynamite quickly from Wednesday in Bridgeport. From what I thought being there, again, maybe I'm biased, but I thought it was a fun show. I thought they did some cool stuff. We got the debut of uh, Buddy Matthews, Penta Obscura, or Oscar rather, however you pronounce it. Pentagon okay. dark, essentially, from uh, Lucha, which I think is pretty fucking cool. They're bringing that into AEW. Um, so you got that going on. I had read a rumor they might be doing or were planning on doing Death Triangle versus the House of Black, but I don't know if Phoenix is 100% ready to go yet, so maybe not. Um, like the mark, Mark, Mike work on this show. Excuse me, a lot with Eddie and Jericho. Thought that was great. The first Jericho segment I've actually given a shit about in a long time. Could have done without the WWE references. felt forced, but whatever. Um, Battle royal was whatever, but Red Dragon winning was cool. The Bucks thing has been well done so far. Um, the MJF promo was outstanding. Easily the best part of the entire show. Just thought that was fantastic. A great way to build into the Punk match of the pay per view. Jade and Bunny was slightly better than I thought it would be. To give them credit, um, you know the near falls were pretty suspenseful. I mean, people really bought into that shit for some reason. But the match itself was was what it was. Uh, Starks and Ten, no one gave a shit, but at least Starks won and it will be in the face of the ladder uh, face of the revolution ladder match. And then Daniel, Danielson and Garcia was a, a well worked main event. Far from exciting, people were fairly quiet. They just didn't give a fuck. Garcia just never wins whenever matters most. This definitely should not have been the main event, and at the very least could have built it up more than they did. They announced it on Twitter at like 6 o'clock yesterday, which was just weird. Um, I did like the match, though, and I liked the Moxley stuff afterwards. So, overall thoughts, Mr. Marceau? Any takeaways from Wednesday's Dynamite in Bridgeport?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a fine show. Uh, like I said, the MGF promo was definitely the best part of the show. Um,
0: I feel like most of the matches just kind of felt flat to me. I mean, I wasn't there, so I know it like... Yeah, it, the, it was more the, promo stuff, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was more promo stuff. I mean, the Jericho thing... That was fine for what it was. I, like I said before, I died when Eddie Kingston's like, I'm not doing this sports entertainment shit with a back-and-forth thing, and then he just did it for 15 minutes. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it was fine for what it was. Like, it definitely got me more excited for that match. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else I said. The tag team battle royal, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, that stuff I just kind of like, whatever. That was fine. <laughs> um, Jane, she looked fine. Her and Taikani should be de- interesting. Um Brian and Moxie would be good. I thought, I thought it was a decent show. I mean, we got a little bit of Cole and Hangman. I mean, I wish we got a little bit more, but I guess we just got to be happy with what we get. Um, but uh, like you said, I thought it was a decent show. Nothing horrible. Um, nothing overly great besides the MJF promo. So I thought it was a stand- decent show.
0: Uh, standard takeaways for me from this show, um, in addition to what I just said, as far as people who are over or not over just from being there, and again, we were at Dynamite a couple of months ago in Boston, so this is kind of the same thing. Um, how are those handprints on your couch right now, those those imprints of your hands from sitting on them the entire time that Stark's faced 10? Because I don't think anyone could have given less of a shit than they did.
2: I mean, uh, just, I mean we never see fucking Stark's. And then tens just the fucking job guys at this point, so no one should care about that, and I mean, no one did, but, I mean, it's just, I think it's, it is what it is, I mean, there's some people that are clearly booked at the top, or clearly a weekly focus, and there are people that aren't, so, I mean, I love Ty Connie to death, but I mean, she hasn't been on Dynamite in months, and now we're supposed to care about her and Jade at, uh, at, uh, revolution. I mean, why would anyone care? They haven't seen her. Unless you watch fucking Dark, like I do, mm-hmm. that just watch her matches, and you would never see her, because she's never on the show. It's just stuff like that. that There's no I feel consistency,
0: like, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just more consistency. I mean, I feel like besides Britt Baker, you usually don't get hurt. Like That's usually all we get on Dynamite. I mean, I feel like they've been slipping Jade and more, but uh, I just feel like we have the same women every week, and then we're supposed to care about these other people that have all these Fucking balloon records that no one would ever believe because you never see them.
0: Well, you're telling me the Colton gun being 45 and 1 isn't impressive? <laughs> <laughs> God. How is yeah, he guy the world champion I at this point? I
2: never saw him on
0: TV. That's what I'm saying. I mean, how is the guy... I mean, how are any of these people not the world champion with the records that they have? I mean, that's why some of these squash wins on Dark are just ridiculous. That's why the show, by the way, this is why I was complaining about for, for a long time. That's why the show should not be three hours long. Because the more matches you have on these shows, the more wins you're giving to people that should not be getting this many wins. I mean... Starks being... A, just nobody cared. I know it had to follow, I think, the MJF promo or whatever it was. Maybe it was the Jericho match or the Jericho something. it was the Jericho promo. Yeah, I think it was the Jericho one. I, I know that was a factor, but, like, no one just gave a shit. The Dark Order is just a dead-end gimmick. I think I saw someone say that. I completely agree. I just don't care at this point. Um, yeah, I, I like Stark, so hopefully he can bounce back. The FTW title, I saw they put up their stats. Oh, he's been champion for 200-something days. Five title defenses. Does anyone actually give a fuck Nobody gives a shit about the FTW title. Give me a break. Um, I like that they're in the ladder match, though. MJF, amazing. Like, it is unbelievable, dude. Again, we were there in Boston, so you know. It is crazy how much of a star this kid is. I mean, we already knew that, but the reaction that I heard him get in person last night was on, like, another level. Like, I don't want to say a Stone Cold-esque pop, but he is, like, one of the biggest stars in that company, and this is a show that also had Brian Danielson on it, a show that had CM Punk on it you know, all these other people, he got the biggest reaction, I'm not even talking about the promo, dude, I'm talking about the reaction he got when the first fucking note of his music hit, unbelievable, AEW, if they can stay the course with this guy, hopefully have him beat Punk at Revolution, I would have him win again, I would have him go undefeated till he wins the title, I feel like at this point, dude, he is so over, he has got to be the one to beat Paige for the title, and I would do it a double or nothing, I feel like the iron is hot enough to where you got to do that on the Sooner side.
2: No, I completely agree. I feel like he's always been over cuz I think he's always been on the show, which
0: the- And he does great work, yeah. He's on
2: the show every week like he should be. But I mean, he's not right. He doesn't wrestle a lot, which is great, but I think what saves him is he's so good on the mic that he could have you could be on TV every week for 3 weeks in a row and just talk and it's good enough that's so, like it's basically a match for him. So, I mean, he's over. I mean, he should be be the one to beat Paige at this point. I mean, I wouldn't have, I would have him beat Punk again. And then, I, like you said, I love Hangman, but they've literally booked him like a glorified job guy at this point. He's barely on the TV show. <laughs> when he is in some throwaway segment, then you'll never remember. You have to like look, you have to check RussellRant.com to check the see <laughs> in my reviews for Christ's sake. So, I they've done no justice to this guy. I mean, everyone was so excited for him to win the belt. Wins the belt and it's done practically nothing and he's never on the show he's never booked he's never promoted so at this rate i would just have him be cool which i mean he should anyways he just lost the pockets like two weeks ago so and then i would have mjf beat him at double or nothing it is uh, not every title right has to be a fucking year so yeah sorry and it's it, your, your time's up
0: yeah yeah um No, I agree. I I, I like what they did with Paige last night. He came out after the Battle Royal, did the interaction with the Bucks and Red Dragon. I thought the mini promo exchange, or not even exchange, it was just him talking. I thought that was good. That that felt like the most of a world champion he has felt like in a long time. Um, The death match helped, because that was the main event a few weeks ago. But beyond that, we don't really see a hell of a whole lot of Paige. He's been booked better. I mean, it's not like he's losing matches, but his presentation has been better since the Cole feud started, because Cole's like an actual star. You know, we haven't seen Archer on TV at all, and there's a reason for that, because they don't view him as a star. I think he can be, but they just don't view him that way. Cole is a star, because he's on the show a lot, um, and that's why it feels like an important feud, because he's feuding with someone of his caliber. And not even that, like, the Danielson feud wasn't great. It was a very good feud, but I don't know. They just never really did much. I feel like the Archer feud really cooled off Paige a little bit, because, like you said, he was just never on the show. We never heard from him, and he's, he's hotter now. He's hotter now. He's going into revolution with momentum. And he's got to win, and I think that's going to factor into the Cole-Omega-Elite-Red-Dragon drama, which is I think has been going along nicely, so I agree. Good standard show on Wednesday night. Looking forward to breaking out next week's Dynamite and doing predictions for Revolution um, airing on Sunday. Hope to join you at the Marso Compound. Get some snacks, maybe some McDonald's on the way home or on the way there. We'll see. Um, I look forward to that, hopefully, but... Uh, yeah, we'll be breaking down Revolution next week here on the show, talking all about Raw, any recent or upcoming developments in the road to WrestleMania. Uh, until then, new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday. Wrestlerant.com, WrestlerantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Pandora, Podbean, all over the place. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode. Uh, Mr. Marceau, any parting words as we ride off into the sunset here, brother?
2: Got nothing.
0: Got nothing in any movie recommendations.
2: Uh, I don't.
0: You haven't watched anything in the last week since we last spoke?
2: Uh, I probably watched something, but I can't think of it on the
0: top of my head. <laughs> Like I said, I'll text you the uh, my reaction to watching Marry Me. We were almost going to watch it a couple of days ago. We just didn't have time, but I'll probably watch it soon. I'll let you know what I thought.
2: You watch Old School yet?
0: I haven't yet. Oh, my God. I got to get on that shit. I'm too busy going to fucking Bridgeport, driving around and sitting in traffic in Bridgeport to be watching Old School. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. That's what it is. So I look forward to hopefully seeing you next weekend. And if not, it's sometime soon because I'm overdue for a a Marceau date, so to speak. Yeah,
2: we'll book something.
0: Don't worry. We'll book something, brother. I look forward to it. Have a good one, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Adios.